everyone, I'm Dr. Maz and you're listening to episode 15 of the Balanced Natural Health Podcast, where we discuss East, West and all the best in natural health. In today's episode, we're delving deeper into the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, a topic that is on many of our minds right now. In the last episode, I touched on some of the preventative practices and lifestyle measures that we can be incorporating right now to support our immune systems to be at their strongest. These recommendations are based on the findings and experiences of my colleagues at the front lines in China, who observed that the virus thrived in individuals and in situations that would be classified with the Chinese medicine shorthand term of cold and damp. Cold and damp are just shorthand, as I mentioned, for differing pathological or imbalanced states in the body, and they can be easily translated into the language of modern medicine. Translated into biomedical terms, cold can equate to a hypo or underfunctioning, either across all the body systems or localized to just one area, one system or one organ. Going back to high school science, cooling a substance like water directly slows down the movements of its molecules. So the water molecules in ice are moving at a much lower velocity than the same molecules in water or steam. And in the same way, a body that is affected by cold is one that is not functioning or moving at optimal capacity, as in impeded circulation, insufficiency of hormones or incomplete digestion and assimilation of food. This idea of cold suppressing movement and function is why ice was used for so long to treat pain. And I say was because thankfully ice therapy has recently been debunked as best practice, which is something that Chinese medicine has known for millennia. And it's something I talked about in earlier episodes. But basically ice was used for a couple of decades to treat pain because it effectively shuts down all the processes of inflammation, which are in fact a necessary part of healing and injury. So we get the short-term benefits by subduing the symptoms, but actually long-term cost to the body. So that's cold as a shorthand for an imbalance in the body. And meanwhile, damp in biomedical terms can be related to inflammation and the secretions related to inflammation. So whether it's mucus or inflammatory markers that often go hand in hand with an inflammatory state. So on a gross and easily observable level, we can see the presence of damp in situations like chronic sinusitis, chronic coughs, weepy rashes or acne and loose bowels, for example, just to name a few. But damp can also be occurring on a deeper and less immediately obvious level, as in elevated inflammatory chemical messengers that are circulating throughout the body. It could be in brain fog or in low-grade inflammation within the gut or joint spaces. So this understanding of cold and damp and understanding that the novel coronavirus is a cold, damp agent helps us to understand why the people who were most affected by this virus are the elderly, in which many body symptoms may be functioning at a less than optimal level as a factor of aging. In addition to the elderly, those with compromised immunity and those with pre-existing health conditions like 
inflammation, diabetes, heart and lung disease. And just as I was sitting down to record this, I came across another article that confirmed that of the really high death rate in Italy for COVID-19, that I think up to 99% of patients who unfortunately succumbed to the virus had pre-existing serious health conditions like heart disease or lung disease or so on. And in Chinese medicine terms, many of these patients would be classified as being cold or damp. And so when these people who already have excessive cold and damp internally are living in a cold and damp climate and are exposed to a pathogen, in this case the novel coronavirus, that thrives in a cold and damp setting, we can understand why these people will be more seriously affected, while others might not even contract the illness at all or may have only very mild symptoms or even be completely asymptomatic. So to give a gardening analogy, it's like trying to plant a tropical plant that loves humidity in a desert environment. It's not going to take root or survive for very long. I'll go a little deeper into how this analogy relates to germ theory and the microbiome later in the podcast, but for now, to help me stay on track, I'd like to share with you a really fascinating study that came out last week, which further supports this Chinese medicine understanding of the novel coronavirus as a cold, damp bug. Scientists found that the areas worst affected by the coronavirus share a similar climate with temperatures ranging from 5 to 11 degrees Celsius and relative humidity from 47 to 79 percent. I've attached the link in the show notes and you can see that the worst outbreaks occur across a band of latitude and they're all currently in the northern hemisphere which is currently experiencing the cold and damp climate of winter. So looking at the climate modelling map in Australia, this correlates to areas south of Tasmania. So going from the early data that's available at this stage, we in Australia have climate on our side, and particularly at the moment as we're still enjoying the ends of summer and before we move into the cold and damp of winter. Two earlier studies from China in Guangzhou and Beijing also suggest that the virus is highly sensitive to high temperatures and that it fares better in the cold. This is such important information as it gives us a chance to really bolster our systems in preparation for any cold damp bugs coming our way, particularly as the weather starts to get cooler. So based on this data and the findings of the doctors treating the virus, the warmer and drier our insides, the less hospitable we are to the virus. I've touched a bit on this in the last episode, but it is so important that it bears repeating. And that is some things that we can do to maintain a more balanced internal environment at this time. And these are things like making sure that we get adequate rest. Our immune systems thrive on sufficient sleep, so now is definitely not the time to be burning the midnight oil. So aiming for eight hours sleep and asleep before 10 p.m. for maximum benefits. Another area that we can really help ourselves in is by calming all of the anxiety that we might be having in response, understandably, to what we're seeing and hearing all around us. And this is such a big one because fear and anxiety are a natural response to what is going on. But at the same time, we know that stress can inhibit immunity. 
So just as social distancing and hand washing is an important public health measure to contain the spread of the novel coronavirus, I believe that managing our anxiety our anxiety so that we can be more immunologically resilient is another valuable step that we can take. And I know this can be challenging at a time like this, but we can take it in baby steps. It can be as simple as a few minutes of meditation. And I have a five minute guided meditation on my podcasts. I've got the link in the show notes if you'd like to access that. It could be some triangle breathing, which is where we allow for a longer exhale than an inhale. Again, there's a link in the show notes below. Um, Managing our anxiety and stress levels can be as simple as limiting our exposure to social media and news. It can be asking friends and family to talk about other topics for a while. It can be sitting outside and feeling the sun on your face for a few minutes. And plus, we know that COVID-19 doesn't like warm and dry situations. It could be going for a walk. It could be grounding yourself by focusing on your feet, touching the ground as you walk. Or if you can't go for a walk, it can be grounding yourself in your senses. And one way that we can do this is the 54321 technique to calm anxiety. There's a link to this process on Insight Timer, which incidentally is also a great source of free guided meditations if you're looking for extra support or inspiration at this time. So in brief, 54321 is a really simple technique that you can do anywhere, anytime. And basically it is to look at five things in your immediate environment and really see them. So whether it's the weave of the fabric in your clothes or the reflection of sunlight on the window. Then to become aware of four things that you can touch. So maybe the carpet beneath your feet or the sensation of air on your skin. Then it might be three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste. And this 54321 technique is such a simple yet profound way to get out of the world of thoughts and into our bodies. A third step we can take in our daily life to look after our immunity and general health is to make sure we're eating and drinking cooked and warm food and drinks. This is not the time for raw cold things and introducing any additional cold and damp into the body. Plus, if you need any added motivation on that side of things, you can consider that cooking kills any germs that might be floating around. From a dietary side, we can also focus on warming and drying herbs and spices. Many of these common kitchen ingredients also feature in the many herbal prescriptions that we used in the, on the front lines in China. So now is a great time to add more pungent, inflammation-busting aromatics into your day with things like ginger, spring onion, mustard or mustard seeds, cinnamon, cardamom, pepper, cloves and turmeric. Chai tea is a perfect drink at a time like this. It combines so many warming and drying and immune digestive circulation boosting spices and even better if it's drunk without milk or sugar, which in Chinese medicine are classified as cold and damp inducing items. Now is a good time to be trying out new recipes that call for additional herbal flavors. I'm really loving Sichuan pepper at the moment for extra flavor when I would normally use only black pepper, for example. 
And Sichuan pepper is used to counter the high humidity of the climate in China's Sichuan province. And it's also one of the medicinals that we use in Chinese medicine to expel cold and warm the interior environment. And I've been throwing it into everything from soups and stews and even on my eggs in the morning. So give that a go or experiment with other herbs and spices that you might be drawn to. This is definitely a time to be incorporating more veggies and whole foods into your diet. They're packed full of nutrients and so they're nature's own vitamin pill. Another important thing to include in your diet at this time are fermented foods. So these are probiotics because they keep your microbiome, the collection of all the bacteria that live in and on our bodies, they keep the microbiome strong. And we want prebiotics which help to feed all those little guys. And prebiotics are found in foods like onions, garlic, leeks, asparagus, chicory root, dandelion leaves, and even in resistant starch, which is formed when we cook white rice or potatoes and then let them cool and then we can reheat them again. But it's that cooking and cooling process that actually forms that resistant starch, which is a really nourishing food for the good guys that live in our guts. So it's a good excuse to make big batches of comfort food cookups right now. Sunshine and fresh air and gentle movement are so important at this time as well. It was reported that during the Spanish flu pandemic of, I think it was 1918, those patients with serious flu who were nursed outdoors recovered quicker than those indoors and there were reduced infections in the attending medical staff. So another reason to just get out there, get some vitamin D, pump up the immune system and get some gentle movement to get air moving through the lungs. And finally, you might want to consider working with a Chinese medicine practitioner who will support your body towards greater health. And that's important now, but it's, it's something that can carry through into our life going forward after Corona. It's always better to come from a place of prevention rather than treating something that's already taken hold. So even if we go into lockdown here, I will continue to offer online support and personalized consults and mailing out herbal prescriptions and um, providing individualized health coaching to help you incorporate diet and lifestyle measures that will help you feel your best. So there's so much that we can do in our daily life and each choice can be a step towards health. So all of these practices that I just mentioned will go a long way to supporting our internal environment to make it less hospitable to cold, damp bugs like the coronavirus appears to present. And this leads me to the next point that I'd like to discuss, which is that of germ theory. Now, modern medicine is very firmly rooted in the theories of Louis Pasteur, to whom we are eternally grateful for providing an understanding of how microorganisms like bacteria and viruses cause disease and a means for therefore treating disease by waging war on the germs. Pasteur and his discoveries saved many lives, but his perspective on disease and germ theory is only one part of the story. Pasteur's findings are so deeply rooted in our current modern understanding and they inform the current militaristic view of doing battle with disease, whether smashing it with antibiotics, cutting it out or subduing and silencing the symptoms of disease, even if the disease continues to rage on and destroy things below the surface. 
But there is another side to the story, and that is of root cause resolution and solving the disease or imbalance at its root so that we don't need to keep medicating or silencing it, or better yet, so we can actually prevent the disease taking hold in the first place. This was the view of Claude Bernard, Pasteur's contemporary and great friend. Bernard was a French physiologist who has been honoured by the Harvard historian Bernard Cohen as one of the greatest of all men of science. He discovered, amongst other things, the function of the pancreas, the regulation of blood supply by the nerves, and his perspective on germs was that it is all about the internal terrain or environment. What we now understand to be the microbiome, the sum total of all microbes living in and on our bodies, and as well, I would add, in combination with the optimal functioning of all our body systems. So basically, Bernard held that if all is in order and balance, bugs and disease will find it difficult to take hold. And we see this time and time again, where bacteria that can cause problems if they run rampant, like strep or golden staph or E. coli, for example, these are all actually living on or in healthy individuals but living in contained numbers that are in harmony with the greater bacterial environment. So there's no problem unless the environment is out of whack and then it allows these potentially non-beneficial bacteria to flourish and get out of control. So according to Bernard, bombing off all these bacteria isn't the way forward as it destroys the good bacteria in the process. An analogy would be like weeding your garden by burning the whole thing to the ground. It definitely gets the job done, but maybe not the best approach, right? Better rather to weed by hand and plant out the garden with desired plants and care for the soil so that you encourage a healthy and balanced environment in the garden. And within the body, we would aim to cultivate the good bacteria and healthy functioning of all the body systems and healthy communication between systems so that they keep the non-beneficial bacteria in check. And we do this by cultivation of the diet and lifestyle practices that I mentioned above, as well as with the support, if needed, in some cases of a functional medicine like Chinese medicine to help resolve the root cause of the problem. So back to Pasteur and Bernard, they debated their views on germ theory over the course of their lives. And the story goes that Pasteur renounced his germ theory on his deathbed, saying that Bernard is right, the microbe is nothing and the environment is everything. Unfortunately, the germ warfare approach was already too entrenched in the Western medical view by that time. But we are now seeing a return to balancing health with functional medicine, preventing disease by maintaining health and so on. Bernard's take on the COVID situation would likely be that by maintaining a healthy internal environment, as in one that is not overly cold or damp, we would be immune or less susceptible to the virus. So again, just reminding that cold and damp is shorthand for the situation of hypofunctioning of systems for obstruction or impediment to systems and for accumulation of inflammation or inflammatory markers in the body. So living in a way and choosing diet and lifestyle that supports body functions and reduces inflammation is definitely the way forward at this time. So in light of this, it's interesting to consider what happened with the coronavirus on the Diamond Princess cruise ship recently. 
As we can imagine, cruise ships with their cramped quarters and shared air ventilation systems are hotbeds of contagion, potentially. And yet, of the 3,500 passengers on board the ship, only 20% tested positive for COVID-19. Why is that? I would suggest that the remaining 80% had stronger internal environments or stronger immune systems. And perhaps a few weeks of r amidst the salt air and sun boosted everyone's immunity even further by offering a period of rest and reduced stress that helped to boost their systems. So I'd like to wrap up today's episode with a brief summary of what my brave and amazing colleagues in China have been doing to help people with Chinese medicine. The Chinese Ministry for Science and Technology reports that upwards of 85% of patients were treated with Chinese medicine, either alone or integratively with Western medicine. Yu Yan Hong from the Chinese government's National Administration of Traditional Chinese Medicine reports that recovery rates at Chinese medicine-only hospitals were one-third higher than those using solely Western medicine. So the data is continuing to come out, but in light of the fact that Chinese medicine offers treatment that is individualized to the patient, this makes sense and is worth taking seriously. On the 3rd of February of this year, the Chinese government handed down a notice that all medical institutions in Wuhan administer Chinese medicine together with any Western medicine. Now, less than two months on, China is out of lockdown. The last dedicated coronavirus hospital has been closed because there's insufficient patients. Shops and businesses are reopened and the economy has all but bounced back. This is a much quicker recovery time than the six to 18 months talked about here in Australia. Already scientists in Italy, South Korea and Japan have reached out to China for help with a delegation of Chinese medicine doctors sent to Italy just last week. Chinese medicine is uniquely placed when it comes to epidemics. The author of one of our most revered medical textbooks called the Shanghan Lun or the Discussion of Cold Damage, which is 2000 years old and has been in continuous clinical use for the entire 2000 years since its writing. So this author was inspired to study medicine and collate his knowledge into a book after the grief of losing large numbers of his family and community to epidemic diseases. This book offers literally hundreds of herbal prescriptions with clear indications of when to use which and for which symptoms. And it was many of these formulas that were used on the front lines of Wuhan. And these are the same formulas that I work with in my clinic here in Australia. And recently in the SARS epidemic, Chinese medicine was also shown to be of great use. There were reports and research that shows that there were lower fatalities in areas where Chinese medicine was integrated into patient care. So I hope today's episode has been helpful and heartening and empowering in clarifying some of the simple things that we can do every day to support our health, not just in the times of the coronavirus, but any time to help us be our best and feel our most vital. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to get in touch by my Instagram, Facebook or website. I'm still taking both online consultations and in-person consultations if you'd like to work on your immune system and strength at this time. 
these are unusual times but also offering us an opportunity for a different way of life, a slower pace of life and in amongst it all I'm wishing you calm and groundedness and wishing you and your family and community the very best of health.